What if you didn't know that you liked your favorite wrestler? It may sound counterintuitive, and maybe it is, but bear with me. What if there was this performer that you always had a soft spot for, but kind of passively? It wasn't in your top five or even your top ten, and there was always someone else more dynamic somewhere else on the card, and you got the feeling that he never quite lived up to his potential. And then imagine that one day, that performer left the promotion where he'd made his name. And, left to his own devices, it became immediately apparent that not only was this guy better than you ever thought, but maybe one of the best in the entire world. It happened. To WWE's Dean Ambrose, who spent five years there as a comedic goofball, then revived his career and completely reinvented himself across two continents in the space of one week. Today on I Hate Wrestling, it's John Moxley, the escape artist. Essentially, uh, no, nah, it's more like building bridges than, than digging trenches, huh? It's supposed to dig through the trenches to find the gold. The gold of uh, is gold in trenches self-actualization. That's the thing. <laughs> I'll tell you this, I'm all therapy now today. You help, you help people to address Maslow's hierarchy of gold. <laughs> nice, Maslow's getting a reference on I Hate Wrestling. That's right. He's my boy. Is that a Goldar Power Rangers toy up there? Yeah, it super is, brother. Word. I got King Sphinx up there, too. What's that? King Sphinx? Is that a Godzilla thing? No, it's a, it's a Power Rangers thing. King Sphinx? King Sphinx. Sphinx, sorry. King Sphinx was... Uh, is it first season? If it's not first season, I'm not going to remember. Yeah, it's first season. He was actually in a ton of like the merchandising, uh-huh. even though he's only in one episode. <laughs> like If you were to look at the merchandising... You would assume that this guy and Goldar are like the Bebop and Rocksteady of, of yeah. the, the MMPR universe. And that is not the case. You said MMPR with a straight face. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, so he's like Boba Fett. Anyways. So, uh, here we are. This is one of these rare topical episodes. Because usually I'm pretty backlogged. We are here to talk about. Let me let me put it to you this way. Who's your favorite wrestler in the world right now? Oh, John Moxley. John Moxley, right? And uh, this time last year was Dean Ambrose your favorite wrestler in the world? No. Top ten? No. Top twenty? Yeah. <laughs> so Dean yes, Ambrose. So, so Dean Ambrose. Yes. Maybe top twenty. He was not really wrestling a year ago, though. Keep that in mind. He was injured. Okay, so we were pretty hyped when he came back from injury, yes, I, and then we immediately it together. we did, and uh, he immediately, or I, I shouldn't say he immediately shit the bed. They immediately tucked him into bed and then took a shit in the bed, yes. um, or maybe they took a shit in the bed and then tucked him into it. But okay, let's say twenty eighteen, Dean Ambrose, twenty eighteen, twenty eighteen, top twenty. That's the name. <laughs> twenty eighteen. Yes. Uh, was he in your top 20 favorite wrestlers? Like, when he was active doing his goofy babyface shtick? No. No. Sentimental favorite, but no. Sentimental favorite. So you like Dean Ambrose. I love Dean Ambrose. Everybody likes Dean Ambrose. Yeah. He's a magnetic personality, yes. a great performer, mm-hmm. and 
for the longest time, like five years, was generally one of the biggest goobers on WWE television. That is correct. So, the mystery we're going to try to solve today is how WWE could take a guy that had a ton of buzz because he came off the indies as John Moxley and had a ton of buzz as a dynamic performer and a great talker and a really great villain. How they built him into one-third of the Shield, which is, by all accounts, the biggest thing they've done since, like... Evolution? I think bigger than evolution. I mean, I mean, Randy Orton and uh, and Batista also became world champions, I guess. Yeah. But best, I guess best booked faction. Yeah, I mean, they and, destroyed and evolution. Yeah, right. Because WWE actively knew because they brought back evolution to face uh, to face the Shield, and they got destroyed. It was an elimination match. And they went 0-3 against The Shield. The Shield destroyed John Cena. They destroyed... Uh, they debuted by destroying The Rock, right? No, they debuted by destroying Ryback. Oh, right. Ryback, Cena... Well, Ryback and, was hot at the time. Yeah, and, and it was a triple threat with uh, Punk and Cena and Ryback. Right. So they destroyed Ryback. They destroyed John Cena. They destroyed The Undertaker. They did destroy King. The Rock eventually, by the yes. way. Yes. They destroyed everybody. Nobody was more protected than the Shield. Well, three man band. <laughs> they got destroyed by they the Shield too. Shield, yes. That was one of the most. Uh, that was one of the best. There was that night. I think it was a SmackDown when the Shield destroyed the entire roster. I remember that. <laughs> I saw a clip recently. So yeah, it was fresh re- mad. It was really fun, and it wasn't like the John Cena. You remember the time Randy Orton and John Cena beat the entire roster? Yeah. Yeah. And. They went to the they went to the trouble of showing two guys on one side of the ring and like thirty guys on the other side of the ring, and they were basically just it was like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Sure. They just became putty patrollers. Yes, and that's not the way it was with the Shield. The Shield actually destroyed people tactically. Yes, right. So when they destroyed the entire roster, it was a thing where they were luring people into hallways by themselves backstage, jumping yeah. them. They attacked other factions mm-hmm. and destroyed them. Like, that's what happened with Three Man Band, right? They, <laughs> yes, uh, pour one out for uh, the dearly departed uh, Three Man Band with uh, future WWE champion Jinder Mahal and one would assume future WWE champion Drew McIntyre. I don't know, man. The way they're booking them, and we'll get to how they book Dean. Yeah. Uh, the booking isn't yeah. great. Speaking of taking a sure thing and fucking it up. Damn, they really have fucked up Drew. They have fucked up Drew. Like, I don't, I don't want this to... It's gonna be. I don't necessarily want this to be the, hey, WWE shit the bed on so many sure things, but let's just name them. Drew McIntyre, Dean Ambrose, Shinsuke Nakamura, Rusev, Cesaro. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. Some might argue they're shitting the bed with Roman Reigns. I think they A absolutely... Little, yeah. No, they right? absolutely yes, have shit the bed with Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns is kind of opposite Dean Ambrose, right? Because, honestly, I think of the three, The Shield was Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. Of the three, Seth Rollins has significantly succeeded doing what they want him to do. Yeah. Seth Rollins has never failed 
to get over what they want him to get over. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins has gotten over big as a heel, as a babyface. Meanwhile, the other two members of the Shield, WWE, for whatever reason, refuses to play to their strengths. So they've wanted Roman Reigns to be this superhuman beloved babyface in the mold of The Rock and Hulk Hogan and Cena, right? And fans don't want it, haven't bought it. They've been booing him for the last five years straight. Meanwhile, Dean Ambrose, they have tried to turn him into so much of a goober. Like, any other performer in the world would be the biggest jobber on the planet, but this guy has so much charisma that he has refused to be a comedy jobber. He became, like, a comedy jobber as a world champion babyface? Yeah. Which makes no sense! He's a main event goober. A main event goober, and until the day he left, was like the third most over person on that roster, despite the fact that he should not have been, based on how they booked him. They they really killed my interest in the guy um, up until he was leaving. Right When it was announced that he was leaving and like... Yeah, we'll Royal get to Rumble, that. That was fucking weird. Yeah. Up until then, I had stopped watching uh, any and all of his segments. Because they were just so bad. They, uh, fast forwarding a little bit, he turns heel. Um, the night of Roman Reigns' leukemia uh, announcement. That n- nobody wants this this heel turn at this point. Um, I was okay with it, but I would have done it like a month or two earlier. Yeah. When it, it, at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Or uh, maybe uh, not the night of October or whatever. You wait until... Rumble, I guess. You give it a couple of months, and then you turn them and you have a program with Seth. Right, because the but. problem was he should have, maybe, maybe he does the return match where he's, he was, it wasn't even a tag match, right? He was in Seth's corner. <laughs> yes. He was in Seth's corner against... Dolphy. Oh, okay, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. Drew was right? on the opposite of the... Right. Yeah. So... Probably what should have happened is Seth wins the match, Dean turns on Seth immediately after the match. Sure. Right? So that would be smart. Now, we've immediately repositioned this into a new feud. What they did was they... And let's give Dean Ambrose credit because before he got hurt, he looked like wet garbage. Yeah. He was essentially on autopilot. We would later find out, thanks to various podcasts, Mm -hmm. that... The dude was so disheartened by the way that they booked him that he essentially stopped giving a shit. And he was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to turn, uh, you know, chicken shit into chicken feed. That's not a thing. Is chicken it salad? Chicken salad. To turn chicken shit into chicken salad uh, with what they give me, but I'm not going to try too hard, right? So... He noticeably lost a lot of muscle mass. Yep. He lost a lot of... Uh, those traps he had? Yeah. At early Dean in the, uh, in the Shield. But, like, Depression Dean had no muscle tone. Uh, just was visibly, like, wasn't going his hardest in the ring. I have a name for the podcast. Yeah. The Self-Actualization <laughs> of John Moxley. Okay. I like it. 
or Jonathan Good. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> That's a good title. A good title, colon, <laughs> the self-actualization of John Moxley. Let's fucking go. Yes. So, so, depression, yes. yeah, depression Dean is visibly, he kind of reminded me of when Hogan went to WCW. Yeah. And it was just like, well. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Except the fact that Dean was like, I don't know, 32? Something like that? He's 33 now, I think, so. Is he really that, that young? Pretty sure he's only like a couple years older than me. So he was in his physical prime, mm-hmm. and he looked like a kid named Jeremy that you went to high school with. So, and the fact that he's wrestling in jeans, never a good look. No, never a good. Now, there's a difference. Jeans in a street fight, into it. Not a problem. D- jeans in a street fight with like taped up hands, even a wife beater. Okay. You can't wrestle in jeans every week. It looks terrible. Uh-huh. Unless, well, well, hold on a second. Let me amend that. Luke Harper, good luck. Works for him. We, because we, his character is a swamp hermit. But we know, <laughs> we've talked about this a million times off, off podcast, those matches they had together, uh-huh. there was that one match where they were dressed exactly <laughs> the same. Yes. Which had to be a rib. There's no <laughs> way you don't plan that. Well, the joke was, the joke was that they were feuding over the outfit. Like, they just had the one shirt between them, and they were fighting over it. Uh, he's 33 and a half. 33 and a half. So, the dude's 31 years old. He looks like he's 48. He's not in great shape. He's visibly depressed. He's, like, sleepwalking through these matches. And WWE is still featuring him as one of their top performers. Yep. It's, like, around the time he wins the world title. 2016, yeah. And... He gets hurt. Okay. End of 2017. Yes. He comes back in the summer of 2018. And he looks like a million fucking dollars. Gets, he gets spent a fucking haircut. Right. He, he gets rid of his weird, like, thinning... I don't even know if there's a name for this. Like, the Heath Ledger Joker, yeah, yeah. like, stringy yeah. face beaded Trash. curtain look. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. It was a bad look. He got rid of the wrist tape. Mm-hmm. He changed it up. He started. He was still wearing jeans, but they were not like the weird flared leg <laughs> jeans that he was wearing before. They were like a a skinny jean. Yes. And he was like tucking them into ankle boots, or like they were rolled up. Yeah. It, it was a much better look. When, yes. It looked like a Pokemon evolved. It was like the same design elements, but they came together in a different way. Grew a full beard. Dude looked like money. And immediately, despite the fact that he was visibly a hundred times in a hundred times better shape, yep. they immediately jump into a storyline where he feels like he's the weak link of the shield. And they immediately put the shield back together. So he's doing all this work to differentiate himself as a singles performer. They immediately throw him back in with the shield which sort of takes away all of the work that he had done to build his singles character. And then they immediately start a storyline where not only is he back to one of three, but he's the worst of three. They had the segment on Raw. I think we all remember this one. Rowan and Seth have their respective titles, and Dean's just in the middle. And Dean's in the middle. And didn't Dolph Ziggler even come out and say, you're the only one without a title, and don't you feel bad about that? Dolph Ziggler made him feel bad. (laughs) 
of all people. And not just because he, like, read Dolph's Wikipedia entry, because of something that Dolph said. <laughs> or watch his stand-up. Or watch his stand-up, right. Cool. So, Dean Ambrose is... And he, you could tell that he had put... The performer now we're talking about, not the character, had put, like, all of his eggs in the basket of this return. Yeah. And he's feeling like, if I come back... And I really show that I have so much more to give, like, then everything's going to turn out better. And they immediately put him back in the same role, and at that point, he's just done. Yep. The character's dead in the water. The performer's dead in the water. Or the performer, I think he said it was September, was it? September of 2018 when he decided he wasn't going to resign? It was, like, very shortly after he came back. That's when he knew for a fact. I think he mentioned it was even before he came back, he kind of had, was heavily leaning towards not residing. Right. But it was September, October-ish where, yeah, he, something happened. Well, I think what, what happened was he thought he was probably going to leave, decided to throw everything he had into this return, and then they immediately, immediately fucked it up. And he was like, okay. So, he tells WWE that he's leaving. And... And the day of, the night of, the night after, the Rumble. Yes. Um, because that's when it leaks online. Yes. And in a weird... And this is something I've never seen before. WWE issues a, a, a press release, or like a statement, saying, we found out that Dean Ambrose is not re-signing. This has never happened before. It's super weird. So immediately people are like, is, oh, he, is it a storyline? You missed half the statement. Dean Ambrose, Jonathan Good, will not be resigning with WWE uh, in April. We w- hope that he comes back. Yes. And that we uh, thank him for all of his uh, uh, hard work or whatever. They never say that. They say, uh, be, say uh, they say, Wish, we wish you the best in your future endeavors, yeah. which is the most disingenuous thing. Yes. But, Dean, they actually say, like, please don't. Please <laughs> We're don't. sorry. So they, um, we're jumping around here, but uh, they try to resign him. They, they Probably till the end of the, until uh, he leaves, we're attempting to resign the guy with, Multiple raises to his contract. Uh, yeah, I think numbers that like, came out like five million dollars, one million for five years, like you know right. five million over the course of five years, downside, mm-hmm. plus whatever royalties and things like that. Yeah, so. and if you know anything about the man who played Dean Ambrose, he is a very humble guy. He is not super materialistic. The dude has made his money a thousand times over. He could just retire and go to, you know, conventions and make, you know, a couple grand a day just signing autographs and running into DDT somebody at the end of a show. Yep, he's doing, he, he's doing the punk. He, yeah. And he could do the punk. Sorry. He could not, do the punk. He's he not could. Doing the punk. And I, I just I bring this up to say that 
this dude loves pro wrestling so much. And he loves the art of pro wrestling so much that he was like, no, I'm not going to resign. No matter how much money you throw at me, I've already made enough money to last me the rest of my life. The only thing WWE could do for him to keep him was to learn how to write a character. And they couldn't do it or weren't willing to do it. Um, I don't think they can do it. I, do, I could go on a spiel about this. Yeah, but... They can't do Roman Reigns. They can't do anybody. They have, No, and we, we just, a few minutes ago, listed off a million guys who are already incredible characters who don't need to be built. Like, how do you have Cesaro, who's the strongest, most handsome man in the world, yeah. speaks five languages, yes. looks like fucking James Bond... Yes. And they're like, I don't know what to do with him. Well, my, my contention is... He sounds like a girl. <laughs> my contention is they can't allow someone to just be. Right? They have to do their WWE magic and create a character or a story. And they do it poorly. Because if Roman Reigns is the guy that they love the most, and they've been pushing the shit out of this guy since 2012, but 2014, when they break up, mm-hmm. and they've yet... To successfully portray him. Yeah. They, it's still a struggle. So it's not a surprise when Dean Ambrose is like a guy they need to work on. They completely flub it. Mm-hmm. Because one, they don't understand John, John, Jonathan Good or John Moxley. Right. They don't even understand the Dean Ambrose character. Yeah. Because the Dean Ambrose character, when he starts in The Shield, is not the same Dean, Dean Ambrose <laughs> in 2018. Okay. So I guess it's time to talk about the homework, right? Yes. So, we could talk about a million times that they fucked up this character. Yes. But the time that I want to talk about the most, because I think this really symbolizes what this character became. Let's talk about the hot dog cart attack. You don't want to talk about the slime attack? <laughs> I do want to talk about the slime you don't attack. You want to talk about the potted plant? Mitch? Yep. Mitch the ficus plant? Yeah. Mitch I actually don't have a problem with. I think that's kind of clever. That match was really bad. You remember that match? With yes. Jericho? Yes. So bad. Yes. But, but, the, but the, the joke is not so terrible. There's a history in pro wrestling of characters having talk shows. And they have like a big elaborate set. So the joke that Dean Ambrose would have just like a stool with a potted plant on it is funny. We will agree to disagree. <laughs> so... Dean's song. But towards the end, he had an alarm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so did Cesaro. Yeah. Cesaro had a, a, like an ambulance siren specifically. Yeah. Which I think, this is just me, mm-hmm. his entrance video used to have the Swiss flag in it. Yes. I think somebody saw the Swiss flag and assumed he was a doctor. You work for the Red Cross? Right. Hence the ambulance sounds. That makes sense. It's Vince. <laughs> he doesn't understand Europeans, remember? Right, yeah. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's the Swiss thing. Cesaro just doesn't connect. Jesus. The strongest, most beautiful man in the world doesn't connect. Let me at least say again. Five languages. English, French, Italian, German, Romanche. The dude is a polyglot. What the fuck? Dare I say he knows six languages. Language of love. Absolutely. He is European. So anyways, Dean Ambrose. Dean. Hot dog. So, 
<laughs> Seth Rollins is WWE champion, right? He's betrayed the Shield. His brothers. Yes, he hit them lightly with a steel chair and broke those eternal bonds. Yes. Okay? So he's world champion and he has to contend with Dean Ambrose, the lunatic fringe. So this is Dean Ambrose and he's fresh on this babyface tear. Seth is hot as a heel. It's looking really promising. So Seth is defending, I think it's a world title match against John Cena, right? Kane interferes. Corporate Kane, who wrestled in slacks, don't want to talk about it. Uh, Kane uh, hustled into the ring in his chinos, ended the match. John Cena's being uh, beaten up by Seth Rollins and his, his friends, uh, Kane and... Randy Orton, and why didn't they all wrestle in chinos if that was the thing? They should have all wrestled in chinos. Like the Mean Street Posse. That sure. would have been fun. Well, Randy doesn't own pair of pants. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's all just his tights. So Randy should have had like a, should have had like a pressed dress shirt tucked into his, his shorts. He did own, remember Evolution? He had yeah, so many, he, was, uh, he was a big fan of those like solid color yes. dress shirts and like the pleated yes, and the dress pants. He definitely wore aviators. Yeah. So anyway, Dean Ambrose, his music hits, and the people lose their shit because they're like, oh yeah, our guy's coming out and justice is going to be dispensed. Dean Ambrose walks out pushing a hot dog cart. As one does. As one does. And then the announcers are immediately like, where did he get a hot dog cart? And JBL goes, he got it from Coney Island, Michael! And then Michael Cole is... They start arguing about it, and Michael Cole is like... <laughs> it's like, well, he didn't take it here on the subway. You can't take a hot dog cart on the subway. Michael, you're wrong. When you're a <laughs> professional wrestler, you do anything you want. So, he comes to the ring with a hot dog cart. It's very clearly a hot dog cart. You can see the hot dogs on it. And Michael yes. Cole is like, what's on there? Gyros? Falafels? <laughs> falafels? Which I don't think, I don't think, I think falafel is already plural. I don't think you have to put an S on that falafels. shit. Falafels. Falafel? We'll look, at, we'll look it up later. Yeah. So anyway, Teen Ambrose comes to the ring with his hot dogs and the heels go out to confront him at which point he reaches into his leather jacket yes. Flips his jacket back, revealing two holsters. Of course. Which have ketchup and mustard in them. He then squirts them in the face with ketchup and mustard, and then he proceeds to beat them up with hot dogs. Extreme rules. Extreme rules. And he dumps a bunch of onions out on Seth Rollins. He throws buns at them, like viciously pelts them with buns. This is a CCW legend. Yeah. John Moxley. King of the Deathmatch. Yeah. And the people, to their credit, are still into him. Yeah. Because, you know what? You can do something like this once. Like, this is not so far from Steve Austin spraying somebody with a hose, with a beer hose. No. You know what I mean? And I think that was probably the idea. That's the idea, right? But the problem is, 99% of the time, Steve Austin just beat the shit out of people. And every time, with Dean Ambrose, it was something wacky. He couldn't just show up and beat the shit out of Seth Rollins. He had to pelt him with hot dog buns, or leap out of a giant birthday present. Or, or a cameraman. Or, yes, disguise himself as a cameraman. Mm -hmm. Or 
break into like break into Seth Rollins' briefcase and rig it to explode with Nickelodeon slime. Or not even beat up Seth Rollins, but bring out a mannequin torso and torture it with a screwdriver. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I remember that. You think this is why they don't have stars? Yeah, this is why they don't have stars. Because you have somebody that people want to love and want them to be this conquering hero and this yes. super badass, and you're like, <laughs> actually, he's a dipshit clown. Cheer him, please. Yeah. So, there oh, are... you forgot something. Yes, what did I forget? The hologram. <laughs> yes, yes. The asylum match against Bray Wyatt, right? No. Was this Hell in a Cell? Hell in a Cell with Seth Rollins. Dean's about to win by doing a curb stomp, I think, on concrete cinder blocks. Yes, uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, lights go out, and there's a fucking hologram in the ring of, like, Bray Wyatt or Worms or... There's a, <laughs> a Wyatt thing. This confuses Dean. Yes. Stops him in his tracks and then gets beat by Seth. About to win the world title, mind you. Yes. And he loses via hologram. Also, let's... Uh, I was thinking of the time he was fighting Bray Wyatt, tried to hit him with a TV that was plugged in and oh, it exploded. Ah, that too! <laughs> Why'd he leave? <laughs> So, he was doing his best to get this shit over, and they were just like, hey, we've got another dumb shit thing for you to do. And, yes, he was doing his best with what he was given, but he was being given shit repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. So, he decides he's going to leave. And... A lot of people thought that he was not going to leave. After all this, they're like, no, WWE wouldn't have said anything if he was really going to leave. You know, but his contract actually expired. He actually left. And he showed up how many days later? His contract ends on May 1st. That's where he puts uh, on Twitter. He changes his name from Dean Ambrose to John Moxley. Dude never tweeted ever. Uh, well, he, didn't he tweet once and it was like they made me get this I'm yes. never going to use it again yeah um, so he tweeted once once in 2014 yes and then um, May 1st comes posts a video posts a tweet uh, of him breaking out of a, a jail prison an asylum an perhaps asylum possibly and we see him 24 days later yes and uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada yes which I think is where he lives Yes. And he shows up in the main of after the main event of Double or Nothing. AEW, Double or Nothing, which is a great fucking show. Yeah, and I wish... except that first hour. Okay, so the... The pre-show is not. The pre-show is garbage. Why are we talking about this? Uh, so, 24 days later, after he's released, uh, he shows up... As John Moxley. Jonathan Moxley. And he is immediately... The biggest news in the world because he is the major WWE star to leave for this new promotion. Not including Tommy Dreamer. Or Christopher Jericho. Christopher Jericho or Jonathan Spears. Yeah. yeah. Man, I would be I would be mad if I were if I were Sean Spears because he had a lot of buzz going into that. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't really feel the buzz, but I hear you. If you're, if I'm him, and you got this guy who's totally gonna, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, cuck him, kill your, yeah, cuck him, yeah, the cuck old Dean Ambrose, yeah. Um, can we talk about the video that he posted at midnight? Did you watch it? The, the asylum one, the, asylum the escape, one, yeah. 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 When did you watch it? The next day. Okay, I was went to the bathroom at three o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh That whatever day that was. Came on Twitter. <laughs> Came. Uh-huh. I opened up Twitter, and everyone's retweeting it. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I watched it. Uh-huh. And I was like, ah, Interesting. Interesting. I didn't think the video was that well done, to be honest. It looked very fake to me. But whatever. Um, it proved the point. It had a point. It yeah. proved it. Um, and what was interesting was that those who were still in denial... About him leaving. Like, oh, WWE produced this. Yeah, they produced it, and he's going to return as John Moxley and get rid of five years of, or seven years, sorry, of Dean Ambrose equity. He's going to be John Moxley now. Mm-hmm. Which makes zero sense on how they do things. Yeah. Um, Mick yeah. Foley did this, did this once. Or Mick Foley actually did it like three times. Yes. But it worked with Mick Foley. It's yes. never going to work again. No. It's never right. going to work again. Because you can't do it. Mick Foley, you know, was Cactus Jack, which is a very different character from Mankind, which is a very different character from Dude Love. And Mick Foley himself is very different from all of them, right? So you have this one... They're all aspects of the same guy, right? So that works, Yeah. okay? You can't just have John Moxley show up and be like, I'm Dean Ambrose, but good this time. That's not beyond something they would try (laughs) to do, though, to be fair. But, like, it's me. I'm the real guy, John Moxley. My moveset is going to be very similar to Dean Ambrose, but I'm going to win more now. And my promos are going to be better. But, but only for a few months before they right. trip but me the, to death. The problem with this, despite the fact, other than the fact that this makes no sense in how pro wrestling characters are yeah. used, is that <laughs> WWE clearly thought. There was nothing wrong with how they had used Dean Ambrose. Because they continued to use him that way. WWE doesn't think there's anything wrong with how they use any of their characters. It's good shit, man. It's good shit. God damn it, it's good shit. It's so you. It's you. (laughs) Fuck, man. So... Anyways. John Moxley. John Moxley is the talk of the wrestling world... He shows up at Double or Nothing. He's immediately trending worldwide. He destroys Chris Jericho and Kenneth Omega. Kenno. Kenno. He is... He looks like a million dollars. He looks great. He looks like he looked when he came back in that WWE. Like, physically. He's got all that muscle mass back. He looks like a million bucks. And he moves like a million bucks, too. It's like... It's night and day. In terms of motivation, in terms of he has all of this uniqueness that it reminds me of, of Nakamura. If you look at the way Nakamura moved in Japan or even in NXT yeah. with how he moves in main roster WWE, it's just you can see the character in every move that he's making. And he's so loose and so fluid and so in the moment. And you're like, oh, fuck, he can, he's been able to do this the whole time. He's just not been able to. Right. Yep. 
Um, so the thing about John Moxley though, yes, is so he he posts this video. Everyone's losing their shit. He shows up to Double Rumble. Everyone's losing their goddamn mind. But the question remains: Can this guy go? Correct. Correct. Can he actually have a a compelling, different style of wrestling match that can rival some of your Kenneth Omegas, your uh, uh, Ibushi's? And granted, he's not a wrestle. No, maybe he won't wrestle Ibushi uh, in Japan. Yeah. Um, or you know uh, who else is in AEW? Everybody, Young Bucks, uh, Pentagon, uh, Pentagon, uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. all these guys. Like the Dean Ambrose wrestling style was very noodly, so noodly, almost as noodly as his hair. Yeah, and his arms, and his arms, <laughs> and maybe his dick. But no one knows. <laughs> um, so I know that was one of the questions I had. Uh, to the be- point that Dean Ambrose, one of his signature moves was noodle punches. He would, like, leap at you with his arms yeah. windmilling. Ugh. And, like, like a cartoon. You're so bad. He was built and moved like Bugs Bunny. So when you asked me in the beginning of this podcast, was <laughs> Dean Ambrose in your top anything? Yes. And I said, I'm a fan of Dean Ambrose. I love Dean Ambrose. What I mean by that is uh-huh. the guy who plays Dean Ambrose, John, mm-hmm. John Good, uh-huh. uh, John Moxley, I love his work. Until 2014, when they break up the shield, and he's got to play this hobo. <laughs> comedy hobo. Comedy hobo goofball who hick- hitchhikes and uh, just is a fucking loser, yeah. quite frankly. And his wrestling uh, kind of blended into that. Like, it was like really unconvincing. It wasn't very serious. He had a he had the wacky line, the lunatic lariat, uh, the Nigel McGinnis special. Which, if you don't know what it is, dear listener, basically he finds himself thrown backwards into the ropes. He like dips backward into the ropes as I'm doing onto my couch yes. right now. He dips backwards, then the quote unquote momentum quote unquote propels him quote unquote forward, and he hits. The weakest looking clothesline I've ever seen in my life. And he would do this multiple times per match. And he would always do like a little half look backwards yeah. to make sure that he wasn't gonna fall out of the ring. So somebody would punch him, he would look backwards, he'd be like, fuck! He's doing it again. <laughs> and he did it so often. Yeah. So that's why the match that we're gonna watch uh, in New Japan for Russell, which we'll get to. So. So he, he debuts at AEW. Yes. He kills it. He, he kills it. He kills it as a presence, right? Yes. Uh, but all we see him do is hit his, uh, his finishing move. A few times. He does it three times. He has a brawl. The brawl looks cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than any brawl he's ever had in, in WWE. Mm-hmm. It spills but, into the crowd. Yeah. The crowd's hot for it. Mm-hmm. But you don't see him like do a wrestling match, right? It's, right. It's very quick. So if I remember correctly, it's like two days later. It's like the beginning of the week after the May 25th, right? Yes. And on the New Japan show, uh, I think it's, I think I forgot what show it was, they play the video. Uh-huh. And it's revealed John Moxley's calling in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's the knife man. He is the knife pervert. He's the, the second, the one of two knife perverts. Who's that one? Jay White. Jay White. 
Japanese Jason people think <laughs> Japanese people think all all white people are knife perverts. It's funny, and they're not yeah. wrong. No, but they're gun perverts. We love our guns. Yeah, and by we, I mean you. I'm not white. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Also, I don't know if they have guns in New Zealand, so Jay White may not be no, a, a, knife, a gun don't, pervert. Actually, yeah, it's a Commonwealth thing. Um, knife pervert 2.0. Yes. Coming to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Pretty shocking because he's in AEW. Right. He's just debuted with. WWE's biggest stateside competitor for, I don't know, 20 years? Yep. And a couple of days later, announces that he's going to debut for their biggest worldwide competitor in the last 20 years, New Japan. So immediately, everybody's like, what the fuck? How are are New Japan and AEW in some kind of talent sharing agreement? Are they just going to pass John Moxley around? Like, so now he is... As hot as he was is twice as hot because New Japan has a reputation for being extremely wrestling driven. Should be noted, I don't mean to interrupt, between the time of his debut and the night that he gets announced, maybe it's the day after, he's on a podcast. Yes. So if we're talking about getting steam on a guy, yeah. by the time it's four days after uh, Double or Nothing... This guy is the fucking talk of the wrestling world. Um, I listened to that podcast with Chris Jericho. Listened to it at least four times. If you're listening to this, they probably listen to that. You don't know that. But it's like, you know when you're playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and you want your horse to go super fast, and so you're like, carrot, 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 quick succession? That's what happened to John Moxley in that week. Yes. Carrot one, double or nothing. Carrot two... Talk is Jericho. Carrot 3, New Japan debut. Um, and Carrot 4 will, would end up becoming, I think, the match with Juice Robinson on June 6th through 9th? Sure. Something like that. And I guess we should... This We've been talking almost exclusively about John Moxley, so we should pay some lip service to his opponent here. Yes. Uh, Juice Robinson was also a joke character in WWE. He was he a jobber. Was, he was a jobber, C.J. Parker, who was like a hippie, like a comedy job hippie. He's uh, Daniel Bryan's current character, if not taken seriously. He was the flower child, right? Yeah. And he would come to the ring with like a picket sign that said like, we only get one planet. <laughs> and then he would lose. Yeah. So this dude... Also leaves WWE, cuts his losses, moves to Japan, and is like, I think I'm going to become, <laughs> like, the hottest young baby face they have. And then he fucking did it. Yep. Somehow. Like, despite the fact that he's a white guy with dreads, fucking did it. Well, as a fan of corn, <laughs> I'm okay with white dudes and dreads. Okay. It's not cultural appropriation at all. Okay. So, Juice goes to Japan, and really, oh, what's it been there, two years? Three years? Three years. And he's really built a name for himself and a yeah. reputation for himself. Let me Google it. In a way, he's the roadmap for for Dean, you know, or or John Moxley, right? This character who's not, or this performer who's been mishandled, misused, and he's like, I'm going to go to the place where the standard of wrestling is highest in the world, and I'm going to succeed there. And he does it. So as part of his resurgence, John Moxley is going to do the same thing. 
and he's going to challenge the guy who kind of blazed that trail first. And at the time, Juice is IWGP uh, International Wrestling Grand Prix United States Champion. Yeah. So, this is John Moxley's first match in Japan. He's challenging for one of their championships against one of the hottest rising stars they have. And he does a pretty good job. I think you're... you're am I, am you're I underselling it? This? Yeah. I'm purposely underselling it. Okay. Because it was... Uh, it blew away any of my expectations. I, I Like I said before, I wasn't... I was never a big fan of the Dean Ambrose wrestling character. Love Dean Ambrose, the man. The, the, the titty master. Um, but his wrestling was uh, always a bit of a... His weak spot, I would say. So him popping in and having the, the debut match that he did, I was pleasantly surprised. All right, and now, uh, dear listener... I would ask you to be pleasantly surprised along with us uh, as we get to the match of the day. This is available on New Japan World, which you should subscribe to. It's a, a fine service. I have subscribed to it. That's how we're watching it. That's right. And uh, the match is John Moxley versus Juice Robinson for the IWGP United States Championship. It is June 5th, by the way. June 5th. I had it marked in my calendar. And it was, what shows this? Uh, best of the Super Juniors Finals? It's not the finals. Semifinals? It's the semifinals. Semifinals. All right, so John Moxley versus Juice Robinson, IWGP US Heavyweight Championship from the Best of the Super Juniors Semifinals. And we're going to start watching in three, two, one, and go. So the first thing I want to talk about is John Moxley wrestling in fucking wrestling gear. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I, I love it. I love this entrance, by the way, which I didn't think I would. Oh, through the crowd? Yeah, I thought maybe, you know, a bit too... Reminiscent but. of the shield, yeah, but it's interesting that they would choose to do that because it pays a little bit of lip service to the shield, but it's not like Dean Ambrose who's still using the same theme, or sorry, it's not like Roman Reigns who's still using the same theme music and wearing the same gear. So he's coming through the crowd, and we have all of these Japanese people desperately trying to touch him, and he's being protected by uh, some some of the young lions. Look at the salary man here in his suit and tie. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's over. Let's get, let's get that. Well, you know what? He's he's over like Rover. But you know what this kind of reminds me of is, remember the uh, the English match we watched, and there were people in suits and ties in the audience. Yes. You do not see that. You do not see that in U.S. wrestling yeah. ever. Do you think this is the same uh, the same leather jacket he wore as Dean Ambrose? Did he wear a leather jacket as Dean Ambrose? He did. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. Um, no, no, because I remember that jacket. Oh. Slightly different. Yeah, but that would be that would be interesting if he had taken that jacket and had he's got mocks written on the back or spray yeah. painted on the back. That would have been a clever way to sort of rewrite his identity. Sure. Anyway, he looks great. He's not. He doesn't have any of his like 
his WWE mannerisms. He's a completely different character, and he's he's showing that in the way he's moving and, and just entering the ring. So here we have uh, Juice. <laughs> what an awful logo. I mean, it it's is not awful. I'm not into it. No, it's awful. Okay, thank you for agreeing. It's with fucking it. awful. Juice is uh, somebody was holding up a little juice sign, and it was like a tie-dyed teddy bear throwing up hangs loose. It looks like a, the logo for a gummy candy. Uh, so here's here's Juice Robinson entering, looking like 1980s Enzo Amore. This is so bad. Well, he looks ridiculous. Is what I meant to say. He's we- he's wearing like a candy striped. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage outfit, which you would think I would be into, given how much I love Randy Savage. But he's also wearing what looks like... (laughs) What is that thing on his head? It's like a gesture's cap, but not really. He looks like, speaking of Legend of Zelda, he looks like fucking Link. Yes! (laughs) Out here to save Hyrule. Also, I'm not a fan of his uh, his capris. That That is a woman's pant. I believe in any in anything you want to do, you can do. <laughs> anything you want to wear, you can wear. That's of, my big my bigger issue is obviously the dreads. The dreads, yeah. yeah. I've never really noticed. I just noticed right here how much he looks like Bo Dallas. He does, doesn't he? He does. So Juice takes off his little hood. <laughs> yes. He, he takes off his little hood, revealing that he's shorn off his dreads. Rest in peace, brother. Yep. And immediately, immediately, uh, Moxley. Moxley is in his face with the double birds. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, didn't, he didn't headbutt him. That was like a chin that butt. A, that was a, um, they were cheek to cheek, and he hit him in the eye with his cheek, or with yep. his chin. Yep. And yep. here we go. Oh, Fuck. a leaping knee strike. Immediately, we've never seen Dean Ambrose do a leaping knee strike okay. ever. And now we're going into a strike exchange. All this, uh, all this offense so far looks way more tight and snug. Yep. Than the Dean Ambrose uh, wrestling. Yeah, Dean Ambrose, quote unquote, universe. wrestling the the noodly shit. Oh, yeah. and throws him right out to the floor with a nasty clothesline. And now, suicide dive. Suicide dive. Uh, Twenty seconds into a match. Well, you know, it's pretty sad. He's trying to Seth Rollins. Yeah. That's what they do. And jumps on the table. Jumps, yeah, the... Nice the crowd. Double axe handle. There's a <laughs> somebody in a Jushin Thunder Liger mask. That is Jushin Thunder Liger. Is that Jushin Thunder Liger? He does commentary in Japan. Fucking... For some of the matches. Yeah. I love Jushin Thunder Liger. And he's wearing the he's wearing the mask without the, the fake hair. Yeah, well, you know. He's not in the ring. Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, let me just uh, cast my vote for Jushin Thunder Liger as... Uh, Maybe having the best wrestling theme song of all time. Beautiful song. I like his song in Minoru Suzuki's. Oh! <laughs> Kazi Ninare? Yes. Yeah! Which, by the way, I can't get on Spotify. Uh, so Dean Ambrose is biting the eye, uh, eyebrow of Juice Robinson in the audience. Yep. This is, this is such an interesting... Uh, he's, he's dragging uh, Juice's dead body through the audience and yep. beating the shit out of him as he goes. And this is so interesting that New Japan has their young lions working security. You know? Yeah. This is not something that they, you do in WWE, right? In WWE, you have actual arena security. But here, he's just punching him 30 I times in the temple. 
I'm pretty sure the cameramen are young lions also. They, they all look like they would be, like, training in the dojo, yep. Uh, so Dean is bringing Juice towards the entranceway. Yep. It also, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's slapping the young lions. This is interesting. His, uh, his relationship with these guys is interesting, given uh, what happens during his next New Japan appearance, where he adopts one of the new lions, like, beats the shit out of a guy... Oh, Brutally, Holy shit. Jesus Christ, going for a pile driver on the floor, ah! and Juice Robinson escapes. I want to make mention of Ju- uh, D- John's yes tights yes and trunks. I should say, I love how basic they are. Yeah, black with a gold barbed wire. That's it. That's it, and that just shows you he's pared down the gold. Barbed wire is a callback to his roots as a deathmatch wrestler. Mm-hmm. Also, I love how gentle the Japanese referees are because they've been fighting outside the ring for five minutes. This is not a no DQ match. Dude. The referee just walks out and is like, "Hey, come on, back to the ring." <laughs> well, you know the the Japanese they count differently. Yes. Right. So Juice is on top, about to go on top of the uh, entranceway. Holy shit! Yep, he's leaping off the. Uh, this is an insane spot. Motherfucker. <laughs> and he completely missed. He completely missed Moxley, too. And you can see Moxley, like, asking if he's okay. Yeah, because Juice destroyed his asshole on the floor. That tailbone is wrecked. Yep, here we go. We're seeing a slow-motion replay. Completely misses Ooh. Moxley. Uh-huh. Actually, I think he knocked heads with him. <laughs> and the young lions who were working security had to try to get underneath him, but they just barely grazed him, and he smashed his asshole on the ground. That's awesome. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> the young lions are my favorite thing about New Japan because in five years they're going to be people you know yes which occasionally you'll see in WWE like speaking of Cesaro and speaking of EC3 remember the time they were security guards for Shane McMahon uh, yes I do did you see the clip of MJF as a security guard did you see the, the clip of MJF on the Rosie O'Donnell show uh, at like six have. years old I think I think we see a little bit of blood here on, on Juice's head, a little bit of juice on Juice, so to speak. Nice. I am pretty positive that that is actually a bite a bite wound. They bit him. Yeah, but, like, I don't think he bladed. Oh, no, it's hard way. Yeah. It's one thousand percent hard way. Yeah. It's so, not a it's So not a John Moxley straight up bit his opponent in the face until it bled. Yeah. And now he's thrown, uh, he's, he's, got, uh, he's got Moxley down. And he's going to try to uh, take him out with oh, oh, a running God. leap. Um, the whole story of this match is Juice Robinson destroying his own body because he's a fucking ball, idiot. Uh, that he tried to do through the, the yeah, barricades. The same, the same basic attack, too, like a senton. It's like Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah, the KO Cannonball. Well, they're friends, right? Kevin Owens and Juice. Yeah, what he was uh he was actually Kevin Owens' first match. Yeah, did he like break his nose or something? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, there he is, biting the Yeah, biting the open wound once again. Totally not hygienic, dude. No. Um <laughs> I had a point I wanted to make about Moxley, I can't remember now. God damn it. Look at this it's hunting him. Yep. Oh a nasty looking uh uh knee clip. Now, wrapping Juice's leg around the post. Like he put his whole body into that. Mm. And it's these, these little things, like... He did that weird little whole body flex. Yep. 
like which is something he would have done as Dean Ambrose occasionally, but but it's it's something that makes him special as a performer and makes him move and feel different than another performer. Here we go. We got a, a neck breaker, which is going to soften the head and neck up for the dirty deeds. His finishing maneuver. Yeah, that's his finishing maneuver, or is it? Well, it used to be his finishing maneuver. Yeah, well, not to it. tip, not to tip the hand any, sure. but he's still biting his open wound. <laughs> 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 so he's he's getting booze, I think, for biting someone's open wound from the Japanese crowd, who is very like the British crowd, is very invested in sportsmanship. Sure, and he is. He just stood up and bowed politely as if to apologize <laughs> that what? he's biting a man's face off. I feel like that, that apology might not be so sincere. Yeah, it felt maybe not so sincere and kind of racist. So it's kind of interesting to see... Oh, it's definitely racist. Uh, <laughs> if Dean Ambrose is playing the heel or not. Because in this match, he does a bit of both. He's the heel because he opened up the... Oh! Ah! Yeah, so he had a, uh, he had, juice in an STF, which is interesting. One of John Cena's signature maneuvers, and when he appeared in AEW, he hit. A, STF. Yeah, he hit an, a. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, an attitude adjustment, yeah, or an FU to uh, to Kenneth Omega. So you have to wonder if he's adopting John Cena's moves mm-hmm. after leaving WWE as a way of acknowledging where he comes from because he's always going to be for a while at least the WWE guy so why not you know adopt some moves from their biggest star yeah well the end of days he's not doing the end of days so (laughs) or the deep six he should do the deep six the deep six is a good looking move listen I don't have a problem with DeBaron's finishing moves it's just everything else about him is pretty horrendous you know what's going to happen right in five years no in five years Baron Corbin's going to go to AEW and we're going to find out he was dope the whole time Please don't even juggle with it. I want to be, I want to be proven right. That he is awful. So, uh, Juice now, we, we see him firing up. This is like his, uh, this is his signature, right? He's, he's a uh, scrappy, fiery, white meat baby face, yep. right? A uh, kind of old school, southern baby face. He's not cruel, but he uh, is capable of righteous fury. Yeah. And he's got that blood streaming across his face. Looks like he's going for that fucking cannonball uh-huh. again. And Mox escapes. And he leaps down. Looks like they've knocked heads again on that body press. I think you're right. So, Juice is tending to his eyebrow, bleeding. Mr. Mox is, uh... Yep, definitely caught him. Yeah. Temple to temple. Yeah. We have here. Oh, oh, god damn! It's never good. Uh, you know. One thing I like about that spot yeah. is the sweat yes. that popped off uh, Dean Moxley's uh, chest. Dean Moxley. You know he could have gone by that name. Yeah. Prefer I do prefer John Moxley though. John Denambrose Moxley. <laughs> the apostrophe. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, oh, Juice is—he's hitting some some nasty lariats here, and he hit that one on the floor where just a cloud of sweat erupted from John Moxley, which is a great visual. 
So now uh, Moxley's in trouble. Yeah, um, Juice is getting is gaining control of the match. Yep. But I think you can tell like Juice doesn't know what to do with this guy. Right. He hasn't wrestled the guy in years. Years. Yeah. Uh, and when they did wrestle, Juice was a beginner, and Dean, or well, Dean Ambrose at the time had been John Moxley for years and years at that point. So Juice still is the less experienced of the two. He just uh, chose to hit a gut buster on his bad knee. Think about it. And look at that. He's trying to get some feeling back into this bad knee that he... he he's clipped a number of different times during the match. And uh, Moxley has targeted very wisely. Oh <laughs> Jesus God. Christ! That wasn't even a wrestling move. And... He was uh, Juice was on the top rope. Mox ran over and shoved him off. And he ran over and shoved him off in a way that felt urgent and felt real. Mm. I love that you can see all the way under the ring in I Japan because yeah. there, there's nothing under there. I personally love how fucking weird their tables are. Yeah, they, so they don't different. break. <laughs> they don't break. Um... I like the idea that... <laughs> <laughs> I love the referee, uh, fucking uh, Red Shoes Uno, right? Yeah. Keeps telling him, hey, you have to come back in the ring. You're not allowed to beat people up with chairs on the outside. <laughs> and he, like, shrugs as if, like, what are you going to do about it? And then and the, bow. Yeah, and the, and the answer from the referee should be, well, I'm going to disqualify you and you won't win the title. But the referee just didn't do anything and allowed Box to go back and hit him with a chair. <laughs> Ooh, right so, to the eyebrow. Right ah. to the eyebrow and an elbow. I, I just love how lenient the Japanese reps are. Yeah, that's Trump style. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> I, I love this spot, but I also kind of hate this spot. Yep, so uh, Juice is set up on the table. Oh. <laughs> Box leaps off the ring apron and smashes him in the face with a steel chair. A la Cactus Jack. Yeah, it looks like death. Oh my god. And the table is like not staying up underneath oh their god. weight. Oh, oh my god. And he my suplexes life. his bad leg through the table. How did he even swing that? How did he make that happen? Just lucky, I guess. So now Moxley rolls back in the ring to break the 350 count. <laughs> Since they've been outside for about 10 minutes. Yeah, that table. Oh my god. Juice looks like death. Rough. Yep, he's he's struggling to get back to his feet. Are we actually counting now? Is the referee actually uh -huh. counting? I wonder if maybe they just don't have do you know if they don't have double countouts in Japan? I think they do. Because he only seems to be counting now that Mox is back in yeah. the ring and Juice is on the outside. I feel like they have... No, they definitely have double countouts. Because I've seen matches where like, both guys are out and they both make it in. Yep. And I guess maybe you can win a title in Japan on a countout? Because Juice was on the outside and Ambrose seemed disappointed. Or, sorry, Mox. Oh, my oh, God. X-Plex! Shades of your boy Peter Dunn. Yeah, that's a match I wish we saw. We might still see it. 
trying to say. We don't know how long Peter Dunn's going to stay around. That's true. So here we go. We see that X-Plex again. Oh, and, on the oh, side. And lands right on his bad leg again. He's so creative in, in, in ways to target that leg. And, like, if you asked me to pick ten moves to target somebody's leg, I wouldn't pick, like, a snap suplex yeah. and an X-plex. It's almost like he's way more of a wrestling aficionado than we ever learned on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Huh. Well, because on, on WWE, they, like, they don't like people to have too deep a move pool. No, of course you know? And here we go with a Bret Hart fucking... I was very afraid he'd fuck this up. Figure four, ring post figure four. Just mercilessly Pulling. fucking juices leg to death. Now the referee just checked for a a submission. Yes. And Juice said, don't worry. But no, I'm not going to submit. Which is wild to me because they're outside the ring. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Can you get? Can somebody send us a copy of the... New Japan rulebook, yeah, please. Yeah, the IWGB rulebook. Yeah, the International Wrestling Grand Prix. All right, so we're going to fucking pilmanize him now. Of course. Uh, Mox is, uh, this is named after the great, uh, late, great Brian Pillman. He stuck his leg through a folding chair, and now he's going to stomp on it uh, to attempt to, to break his leg. <laughs> I like how the referee is he's attempting to to break oh I love when people throw steel chairs it always looks so great so the referee tried to get Moxley to not break Juice's leg on purpose yeah. and the referee was telling him not to do it and when he was getting an argument the referee like sternly put his <laughs> hands on his hips which is the funniest fucking thing I think what's funny is Mox actually listened. Yeah. Okay. He's like, all right, fine. Mean? I won't break his leg. So Juice bought himself some time. Oh. oh another one of those nasty lariats. All right, he's going to try to go for this fucking cannonball again. What? Juice, how much do you think you're... Fuck! Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Now, that tells you at the very least that, yes... Yeah, that's my favorite song. Yeah, man. Uh, this is Bayonne, New Jersey, in case yep. you're wondering. Yep. Isn't it weird that we swapped towns? Yeah, this is weird. It's almost like you went to Japan, and I went to America. <laughs> so, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, yeah, I wanted to make the point... First of all, beautiful lariat. Yes. From uh, from John Moxley. In case you were worried that after all those noodly wacky lines, yep. that John Moxley doesn't know how to throw a good clothesline. Don't worry, he he sure the fuck does. Absolutely. But also, Juice has been trying to hit this cannonball so hard. He's been trying to hit this cannonball on a bad leg like 10 times, despite the fact that he can't weigh more than 200 pounds. Yep. Soaking wet. It's not... <laughs> yep. Oh, God. Oh, and a forearm strike to the face. And now they're trading forearm strikes. The yay boo. Headbutt. Spot of the match. Trading headbutts now. Oh! <laughs> he chops uh, he chops juice in the chest and juice oh he's got that strong style fire 
Yep. Here we go. The jabs. Hitting the, the fucking Dusty Rhodes jabs. Oh. Uh, so Dean went for the, or uh, Moxley went for the Dirty Deeds, gets tackled to the floor, which is the same thing that happened to him at Double or Nothing. That's true. I guess uh, Juice was watching that show. I don't think so. I don't think they... Guys don't watch other products. Dean Ambrose making a run-in. <laughs> we keep making that, re- that reference, and it's because Dean Ambrose's theme song was like a motorcycle driving by. It was so bad. Who had the worst song in the show? Roman Reigns. It was a good song at some point. In the beginning. Alright, so Dean, uh, John, has put the table back. Yep, he's set a table up on the outside, and he's going to attempt to throw Juice through it. The t- this table is leaning against the rail. Keep in mind, these tables are infamous for not breaking. Right. Uh, unlike American products, which are shitty and designed to break, Japanese products are well-made. That's <laughs> true, though. <laughs> so their folding tables are not a fucking three-eighths of an inch, excuse me, three-eighths of an inch thick and designed to break on contact. So... Uh, now we have Moxley leaning against the table. Juice. Oh, r- my God. <laughs> Second tries. time, he fucking misses. It's, it's like the eighth time. Well, with that kind of similar move. No, he's been trying to do that. Well, okay. I a meant, lot like, of times he didn't even. Yeah, he didn't even get to do it a bunch of times. But he fucking missed. <laughs> I think he maybe hit his uh, hit uh, Moxley's head. On the bottom, but he didn't smash him through the table. And in fact, he smashed his own leg on the rail and then landed on his own head. Yeah. So, I think fucking Juice Robinson has done more damage to himself in this match than Moxley has done to him. I think that sounds right. Yep, so here we go. He's going to try to powerbomb him through a table. Oh, shit. And fucking succeeds! God damn, C.J. Parker powerbombed a dude through a ringside table. He's pointing to his heart or liver. I'm not really sure. Uh, that's where... You're a doctor. I'm that's, not a doctor. That's where the heart is. No, heart is where the home is. Oh, you're right. Or home is where the heart is. Would you, look at, would you look at my cat? What is she looking at? My cat, Simone, is doing a real weird fucking look around everybody. She's Simone, Samoa Joe, yes. My cat's name is Samoa Joe. Ah. Uh, I like I like the uh, the high angle uh, Boston Crab here. Mox Although, is going for the ropes. Mox is going for the ropes. Although, Juice... Lean into it, man. What are you doing? Yeah. It's very weak looking. Well, well Juice's leg is fucked. I so. guess. That's storytelling. But here's the thing. Juice has not been wrestling... And look at that. Am, uh, Mox is able to grab his leg and leverage through... Hits, oh. a, hits a dragon screw. Texas Cloverleaf hits hits him with a beautiful looking so, Texas Cloverleaf. So in this sequence, he took some inspiration from Mr. Tanahashi. They say this on the commentary during the match that Moxley's been watching mm-hmm. some of the uh, New Japan talent. Uh, Tanahashi, who's uh, Juice Robinson's mentor, right? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> red, red shoes doing like this weird little hand signal to make sure that he's not touching the ropes. Ah, oh, I love the Texas Cloverleaf, by the way. Solid move. Dean uh, Malenko. Dean Another Malenko. Dean. Yep. Who's still, to this day, the number one wrestling Dean. Don't at me. How have I not done a Dean Malenko episode? I don't Fucking know. Iceman. He's, he's I, in AEW now. Yep, I gotta do, I'm going to do Malenko-Jericho. Got to figure out which match it's to do. AEW uh, dream match. Yep, look at that. So Juice reversed it with by biting Moxley in the eye. Yep. Tit for tat, would you say? Yep, and again, with the dragon screw. Oh, oh but he takes that... Uh, the left hand of God. The left it. hand of God, yeah, that beautiful, uh, beautiful left-handed punch. Knocked him clean for a loop here. He's signaled for something. This is... Uh, pulp Friction. Pulp Friction, which is... <laughs> the uh, the unprettier. Yep. Look One, at that. Two. That's a beautiful roll-up, by the yep. way. That looked great. But uh, Mox has enough energy to escape. <laughs> they pointed at each other like a Spider-Man meme. <laughs> they trade clotheslines or lariats, I guess. And... Mox goes down to a knee, <laughs> and he uh, he goes down to a knee, then jumps up and kicks Juice in the knee, drops him dirty with the dirty deeds. deeds. Not called dirty deeds, by the way. One, One two, two. Kick out. oh, and it's a kick out. And he looks shocked, but then he looks excited because he knows now he gets to do the next thing. Now he knows what he has to do. He knows what he has to do, which is his new finishing maneuver. Which is also his nickname, I guess. Yeah. There, he they're, they're, big, they're big on that in, in Japan. Elevated Dirty Deeds, a.k.a. the Death Rider. One, two, three. And you could count to 20. Juice Robinson is fucking He's out. Dead. And John Moxley is your new IWGP US heavyweight champion in his first match in New Japan. So this dude kills with the death with the death rider. The death rider. So he is the death rider John Moxley. Is the death rider John Moxley? Has anybody uh, there's that title which I, I have mixed feelings on this title. What do you think about the belt? I think it's better looking than the WWE Universal title. Yeah, the, the class ring championship. Yeah. I think it's better looking than uh their the US title and Dub Dubby. I always like that one. Not the, the US Johnson. title? The, the, the one I they like have the, point, the pointed bottom. You like that? Yeah, I do. Mm. Anyway, has anybody else ever won a major championship in their first match out of WWE? Out of WWE? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. No. I think this might be... I, I, maybe Brock? Is that possible? Uh, it is possible, actually. Because um, I know AJ won it, but he was from TNA. But I don't know if that was his first match. Um, the the IWGP title, he had won that, but I'm not sure if that was his first match. Yeah, I don't know. And I think it was, though. I'm pretty sure it was, but I don't want to so say So the New Japan has a history of this shit. Because Brock, uh, that was definitely his first match outside WWE. Yeah, because he didn't wrestle anywhere else. <laughs> I think uh, John just had some something, 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 fuck. Something, something, something. <laughs> So, 
that's uh, that's that's the end of this match, more or less. And he goes on, and he now he bows in a more uh, uh, less sarcastic way, yes. shall we say, a more genuine way, more heartfelt way. And despite the fact that he was uh, kind of monstrously cruel to Young Juice during this match, he doesn't follow it up with a beating after the fact because that's something we we know about about John Moxley, right? Is that at least this version of John Moxley is not necessarily malicious. He no. he's not a heel. He's a violent man, absolutely, but not a heel, not a bad dude. No. A bad man, to be sure, but not a bad dude. No. And uh, after this, he goes on to, uh, to give this little interview where he says, thank you for, uh, for giving me back my freedom. Which well, is... What do you think he's referencing when he says that? You know, I couldn't begin to guess. I, I feel like... What do you feel like? Tell in, me what you feel In like. the words of Curtis Axel, the chains are off. <laughs> chains are off. Um, so this answers the question, hey, can Dean go? I think he went. He went, and he's gonna keep going. Yeah, and uh, he's in a he he went again. Um, was the last weekend, maybe two weekends ago, with uh, Shota Umino, one of the young lions. The young lions who he murders. Yes, <laughs> it's a very a very intense match. And uh, very important to note, he doesn't need the Death Rider to win. No, he uses the he uses the regular double R DDT. Right. Uh, very quickly. Yes. Uh, Dean Ambrose, sorry, John Moxley. Yep. Leaves Dub Dubby. Yes. For uh, uh for NJP Dub, Kenta. Uh huh. Hideo Itami. Yes. A week or so after this mm-hmm. match, pops in. Yep. He's in. Uh, he's also in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I believe in Dub Dubby. And both in the G One. Yes. What a what a uh, what a field this year. It's a fucking. The only guy who's missing, Suzuki. Suzuki, who's not in it for once. I know. And I, I guess he's too focused on his weird retirement beef with Liger. You know what I think is happening? What do you think? I happening? think he's not in it because they want to do Moxley and Suzuki at Wrestle at Kingdom. At Wrestle Kingdom. And that way, it's not gonna be for maybe it'll be for the title. I have no idea. But that way, you hold off on that match. Well, they wouldn't necessarily have to wrestle because they could be in separate blocks. But yeah, I mean, I guess so. But I think he's. I, I want to see I want to see uh, Moxley Naito actually. I think you're gonna see that. Is it is Naito in A Block or B Block? I think he's in B Block. I think so. So you're gonna see that match, which is why I think they're waiting to do the Suzuki match. Like he's not in the tournament at all, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, and it's like just by the way that Dean left left the match, he's like shoving young boys and. Yep. It was you know, it was very Suzuki. It was very Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dean Ambrose or John Moxley can go. John Moxley can go, and he's going to keep going. Uh, now, you, you went to that. Did you wind up going to that uh, any dub show last week? No, no, I was going to go, and then it just didn't seem really worth well, going yeah, to see flags because because Darby Allen is a turd in a punch bowl. I don't mind Darby Allen after I've seen him in. Do you have Iceland? No. So there's a there's a series on Iceland called The Wrestlers. Have you heard about this? Yes. So, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? What's up? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? You heard about 
doing a Jay Leno thing. It's a timely reference in 2019, yeah. brother. Back up, brother. Um, but they have an episode, I think it's the first episode, where they do profile Darby. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, this guy's like, like he's a weird dude, but I can get behind him. Mm. So I, I, I think he's like too risky, quite frankly. I think he's too risky? I think he's too cringy. I think he's a guy who needs, uh, if you still think the same shit that you thought was cool when you were 14 is still the coolest shit you could do at like 25 25 or whatever, like there's some other cool shit out there. Now I'm saying this as a dude with a straight up Godzilla tattoo and a room full of Godzilla memorabilia and some MMPR figures in the mix. MMPR. But... And also, we're two adult men on a pro wrestling podcast. So, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with loving the shit sure. you loved when you are 15. I'm just saying that maybe find a way to incorporate it into your larger personality. And maybe don't look like a Zoomies store came to life. Here's what you need to find. Is Darby Allen uh-huh. the Jimmy Havoc. And see <laughs> if your mind blows up. Oh, just from sheer cringe? Yeah. I want to see you watch that match. Live stream it. Oh my god. That match has to exist, right? Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc is like Jeremy versus his dad. (laughs) This match has to have happened. They're both such fucking Jeremys. You hate Jeremys. Uh, Do you know a Jeremy that you like? One. (laughs) <laughs> which implies that you know a shit ton of Jeremy's that you don't like that is true that's why it doesn't like <laughs> Jeremy's and Kyle's man they're just like Kyle I don't know I know one Kyle his name is O'Reilly <laughs> and he's a, he's a, a dumb piece of shit I like I like him I, I know I love his character but his character is dumb piece of shit <laughs> oh they definitely wrestled by the way oh of course they wrestled they wrestled at like numerous county fairs and whatever the fuck that's so many uh, MLW, MLW, probably wrestled. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I re- I saw Darby Allen wrestle Pentagon Junior. and like, not as good as Pentagon Junior. I think you really need to watch this wrestler's um, doc thing because they they interview they profile Phoenix and Pentagon's there too. Phoenix is Phoenix is great. Phoenix is great. Um, what the fuck else was I gonna say? I don't know, oh. Man. Uh, coming up, look at Simone. She's got one paw on the wall. It's so weird. <laughs> I love Simone so much. She's a beautiful little cat. Love you, baby. Oh. Anyway. Coming up. Uh, coming up is uh, in July, John Moxley versus Pentagon Jr. At any dub. At any dub. Are you going to that? I'm probably not, because that's the same weekend as Blobfest, my dude. I don't know what that is. Blobfest? It's a film festival about the blob. And you should have, Bar- you should have Darby Allen for <laughs> shit that he likes when he was 14. And you go to Blob? Blob. B-L-O-B? B-L-O-B. B-R-B. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, All I'm saying is, watch the blob, it's charming. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that match. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll definitely download it and watch it, stream it. I should say. Uh, yeah, it'll be a good match. 
I didn't watch the uh, Darby and John Moxley match, which they had last weekend, but. <laughs> Abduction sponsored by Pizza Hut! <laughs> Dude, I had Pizza Hut last week. <sighs> I, I, that was just uh, popping up on my, on my Roku was a little ad for the movie Abduction With starring Taylor. Taylor Lautner. Thank you. Where they were like, hey, why don't we make a Taken movie, but we'll use Taylor Lautner instead of Liam Neeson. He's cheaper. Way cheaper. But they just had the, like, the ad for it. It's like, Abduction starring Taylor Lautner. And then there was a big Pizza Hut logo about the size of Taylor Lautner's face. So you explained to me... What dog Pizza Hut has in this fight that they bought ad space for Taylor Lautner on Roku's screensaver? Have you seen the new Power Rangers movie? No. There's a gigantic... It's on Netflix, isn't it? I have no idea. But they have a gigantic Krispy Kreme advert in the movie. It's <laughs> so fucking... Does the Megazord fight a giant Krispy Kreme? Uh, they fight by one. They go in one. Here's my feeling about, about the Power Rangers movie. Yes. I don't like the visual design. I don't. Of the Power Ranger suits? The Power Ranger suits or the Megazord. Or Goldar. Because it all feels very... Oh, Goldar sucked. It looked ugly. It it all looks very Transformers. Like the Michael Bay Transformers. Which, like... Give me a... Don't be afraid to give me a blocky robot. Like, robots don't need to be, like, so polygonal and, Mm -hmm. like, angular and so many different, like... So many different sharp edges. Sure. Like... Give me a fucking giant robot. It's fine. I'll take it. You hear that? Hasbro? Or, uh, Hab Saban? What's it? Saban. Saban, yeah. Saban! Give him some blocks. Blocks? Blocks. Rivets. I like visible rivets. Matt, you know I I have about 16 minutes here. Yep, alright, so let's wrap this shit up. Yep. Brother, do you have any other thoughts or feelings or, I don't know, premonitions about John Moxley, about Juice Robinson, about AEW, about New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, about WWE, about uh, Taylor Lautner, about Pizza Hut, about okay. uh, Simone. She's touching the wall again. Baby, what are you doing? Um, Answer the question. <laughs> my, my, um, I'll keep it as succinct as, succinct as possible. Yeah. I think that these next... Uh, eight months or so will be incredibly interesting for all those companies you just listed. Specifically, what will happen with WWE Creative? Um, I think we're pretty sure as to the quality of creative for other for these other companies. And the success is, you know, it's not going to be, you know, two, two and a half million views viewers on TNT. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Um, certainly in the beginning... You know, it'll be a small number. It'll do well, but, you know, it might be a small number. I think with WWE, what this shows you is, it shows the talent is, wow, I I could do that. That could be me. I have just as much drive or talent as, as Moxley, but I'm stuck here. Yeah. And when these contracts come up, they'll... they'll will be people who resign, obviously, and there, are peop- there will be people who don't. And the people who don't, uh, by the time they're done with their contracts, uh, AEW may have more money and more uh, uh, open positions, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, So, I think for, for John Moxley, this was 
probably the best decision, decision oh, yeah. he can make. Oh, yeah. Um, I would say, you know, uh, you know, me and my obsession with Phil, uh, yeah. that if an AEW existed, uh, or New Japan existed to the degree that they do now, uh, in 2014, I think this, I think Punk would have, could have, maybe not yeah. would have, well, could have been in the same position as, in as the, Moxley. In the, the infamous pipe bomb promo, one of the many things that Punk says is, after I win this title, maybe I'll go defend it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So yeah, he he knows he knew of them, but I guess well he stole he, he stole all of his signature moves from Kenta. So <laughs> yeah, he allegedly knew, he knew yeah. about Japanese yeah, wrestling. Absolutely, but I guess it was not viable, and he was just done. Okay, so here's a here's a, here's a question for you. Yes, you are AEW. Mm-hmm. You can take one person from the current WWE roster. Who do you take? Rusev. Rusev. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Why Rusev? Um, he's funny. He's hysterical. He comes with his wife. He does. More than likely. He's a great in-ring performer. Um, he's a great promo. He really is. Um, and for, for what it's worth, you know. He kills it on social media, too. Yes. A, a great he's promoter. amazing. And for what it's worth, I think, it, I think it matters, is he's got that, like, fan uh, investment of, like, they fucked you over. Yes. And he's also double the size of most of the exactly. dudes in AEW, and he looks different than yep. most of the roster. And he's twice as you know he's not super tall, but he's twice as wide as wide. everybody there. He's thick. Um, so I would take Rusev. Who would you take? Cesaro. Okay. Cesaro is I, I said it before. Dude is the total package. Yeah. He's literally the total package in that he has Lex Luger's body. The dude is Dean Malenko in Lex Luger's yeah. body. Yeah. He, again, speaks five languages, dresses like James Bond. He could, and he's also a great promo. Yeah, he's not able to show it. No, Yeah. because they, they used to do that, that gag where he would say, he would do a promo in English and then do the same promo in French and do the same promo in Italian and then in German. Yeah. And, like, that was dumb as shit. But the dude is funny, yeah. The, the thing that always gets me about Cesaro is, do you remember when he was on Tough Enough? Yeah, it'd be more specific. The one, the season with uh, Velveteen Dream on it. Oh, I never watched that. So, they're like on a mountain somewhere, and you know how every episode a WWE superstar, like a current superstar, would come and teach them a lesson? Yeah. And this one was about, like, the importance of making an entrance. So they're on a mountain, and fucking... Cesaro, fucking big Tony Cesaro, comes in on a zip line in a three-piece suit. <laughs> I need to watch this later. <laughs> he just, like, without missing a beat, like, he's in this zip line, he, like, just comes down, fucking mirrored shades, three-piece suit, comes in, like, lands on the ground, like, sheds the, like, sheds the harness, sure. like without stopping and just walks over and starts talking to these guys and I'm like what the fuck what the fuck I don't get it man it's European it's that fucking Switzerland (laughs) and and I'm gonna do a whole episode about Cesaro and about you know I might I might do a straight up series about 
unappreciated WWE talents. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many guys like Cesaro and like Luke Harper. Chad and like, Gable. Chad Gable! That's somebody else I would probably take, but I'm going to go with Rusev first because I feel like he's, he's been is, done dirty the most. Rusev is, Rusev is money now. Yeah. Cesaro, or, uh, Cesaro, I think, is money now, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nakamura, also, uh-huh. would be a huge one. Who would, like, they're, they're still over enough yeah. that if you put them in a new place, all that... Because we, we saw it with, yeah. uh, with Ambrose, right? You put them in a new place, all that damage goes away. Here's but, that. Yeah, yeah. Chad Gable, I think, needs a little bit more seasoning. What's going to be interesting in about five years, or mm-hmm. four, whenever his contract ends, is Kevin Steen. Yeah. Because we know his connection. Yep. To the Young Bucks. Yep. Um, he's, I think he's called Cody, and obviously his dad. Um, I think in, tw- in four, whenever his contract ends, like that's going to be interesting because, like, to me, that's almost like a Moxley level guy leaving. Yeah. Because he's he's been champion. He's been, you know, pushed pretty well. Uh, you know, some bad stuff, but they, they've done that with everybody. Um, and he's a guy like Moxley who has made chicken salad out of chicken shit Absolutely. this whole time. Yeah. Uh, Sam Zayn as well. Yeah. Would be a great and I think if I think if you get if you get Kevin Steen, you're getting El Generico. El Generico. Yeah. Or whatever I don't think he's I don't think in twenty nineteen he's gonna go as uh, El Generico. And he can't go as Sammy Zayn either, so You think he's not gonna be El Generico? I don't think so. I think I think maybe we're a little too woke for uh, uh, for, maybe. for a Syrian dude, maybe, maybe occasionally plus it out, you know, yeah, the off mat, the off, you know, uh, uh, opening match, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I think. Those are my thoughts. WWE creatively is in trouble, business wise, like you know, whatever. It's kind of a mixed bag. They're they're in trouble if they can't deliver on Fox. Yeah, which is definitely possible. It's definitely possible because they are, like. How look how hot they were in 2015 as compared to 2019. I think about this all the time. I watch Raw from like 2000 when Punk was still around, so 2013. And, yeah, and people are hot. Hot. And at the time, we were like, "This is not great." Yeah. And it wasn't great, but people were still hot for it. Yeah. People are not hot for Monday Night Raw anymore. As evidenced by the uh, sirens. Big Tony. Or Ambrose. <laughs> Post heel turn. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad we watched this match. Me too. It was a solid match. I, I was actually going to rewatch it um, a couple days ago, and then I remembered we had to do this. So I'm, I'm glad that. I'm excited for Fighter Fest to see his match with. Uh, Joseph Janella? Joseph JJ. Joseph JJ. What the, what's that? The 25th? 29th. 29th. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. It's free on Bleacher Report. Oh, I'm not going to be around next Saturday. I can't watch it with you. I'll be uh, in. Uh, I'll be in Boston, or thereabouts. Around Boston, nearby, yeah. West Newberry. That's right. <laughs> That's, that was word life. Goodbye. Basic economics. Ahmed! Yes. This has been another episode of I Hate Wrestling. I want to thank you, my guest, Ahmed. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I want to thank Corinne Dodenhoff for designing my logo. I want to thank Lenovas for the use of my theme song, I was going to say It's a Departure. No, that was listening to My Brother, My Brother Me earlier today. That's their theme song. My theme song is The Crusher. Thanks, Novas. I want to ask you to rate, review, like, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify now. 
can do all that shit. You can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Visit my official website at ihwpod.com. Buy some shirts. Buy some shirts. Buy some shirts. Please buy some shirts. Buy some shirts. Buy some shirts. Buy the shirt! Kevin Nash. Ahmed. <laughs> Big Daddy Cool. Big Daddy Cool. Yeah. What's your question? My question, as always, is if your wrestling character for the week couldn't be guy who has to leave to catch a bus, yes. what would your wrestling character this week be? The fertilizer. <laughs> the fertilizer. fertilizer. Please explain. Well, I'm in a room with you. Yes. You sell very high-end toilets. I do. Fertilizer is sometimes poop. Sure. I, <laughs> I, you and I team up. Where the fuck is this going? I take a shit. Yes. In your toilet. Uh huh. And then I flush it down to make a sale. Be like, ooh, look at where, yes. look at how well this goes. Yes. What's wrong with that? And then we uh, we grow basil. I love basil. I love shit. Here's here's my wrestling character Thank for this you. week, and I just came up with this. Okay. And I don't want to say it's better than yours, but it is. Mine's not good. It's uh, it's the deaf rider, and he's just like John Moxley, but he doesn't speak, and he has very aggressive ASL. I hate you. <laughs> Can I just say, I like to think that John Moxley's uh, nickname of Mox, yeah, is like his version of like if you're Henry, you're Hank. <laughs> or like, like if you're John and you're Jack, you know, everyone calls him Mox, and that's not his last name. Give me last name. Box. Box. Hey. Hank. Hank Box. Hank. Well, i tell you what. This is your turn. I'm the Death Rider. Have you seen the clip of him doing his uh, Dusty and Terry Funk? No. Watch it after I leave. It's on YouTube. This one's for Jinx. I'm sitting here scrubbing off dick slobber. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Christ. Bye. There's a toilet in uh, my place of work that, uh, oh, this is a really tight FedEx truck. It's lit. <laughs> Let me just enjoy this song. Oh, it's for the neighbor. Anyway, um, this will probably be the stinger.